Merry Christmas. When Graham asked me to, um, if I would consider uh, uh, speaking today, the first thought that came into my mind was um, just that Christmas time is a time of gifts. And um, I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes we get gifts at Christmas time and, eh, you know, it wasn't exactly what we were hoping for. And, uh, you know, maybe the ugly sweater, <laughs> who knows what. And, um, and it just reminded me that what is the greatest gift of all, you know? And um, so I just want to read for you uh, from Psalm 73, um, verses 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And um, going back to gifts is, you know, sometimes we, we desire something, we want something, and uh, maybe it's, you know, the neighbor has a nice boat in the driveway, so we want the same thing, or you know what I'm saying? Like, we... we but when we get that same item in our possession, it doesn't take very long and kind of fades a little bit. And um, I just think that Christmas is a time for us to remember that um, there, is, there is really nothing that we could acquire uh, that would satisfy us in our soul. There is nothing... Even in, uh, you know, after this is all over, if we were to go to heaven and, and the Lord was not there, it wouldn't be, we would still desire him. We'd still desire his presence to be with us and for us to be with him uh, personally. And so as I began to uh, think about what to say this morning, I just, uh, I came across a, a devotional actually. And um, part of, that's part of, of what uh, this is about this morning. And um, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. And the candle that was lit today is the candle of love. God's love is available to all who will receive his love. Many people celebrate Christmas. It's become a widely enjoyed holiday observed by millions with gift giving family gatherings, special music. But as Christians, blessed to know Jesus personally, we rejoice with especially full hearts because we're celebrating the birth of our Lord, our Savior, and our King. Can you remember a Christmas that was special for you? Christmas is definitely a time of year that's hard to miss. The decorations, the music, the food, the children doing the nativity story at the church. Then there's the traveling and getting together, or maybe just being able to get a little extra time off of work. Today, I hope that as you listen to the short message that you will hear about something that you can find meaningful. For me, there are two different times. The Christmas season was especially significant. One was about 30 years ago when I knew it was the right time to ask a very special lady to marry me. And so 
Um, so I set about to put together this uh, little communication card, you know, uh, you read through it and it's kind of a story and it's supposed to lead to, you know, a ring and that kind of stuff, right? So, and anyway, it was, it was schmaltzy, I, I admit, but, um, but here we are 30 years later and we're still sharing the foxhole together and, and I am, I, you know, I found the most amazing uh, person in the world. And uh, anyway, at that time we were living and working in separate cities. And so there was a long time before the wedding. With just two little words, we promised to be devoted to each other until death do us part. I do. Just two little words, a promise. Today we are talking about God's promise to all who believe him. That also happened at a Christmas time for me about 38 years ago when I said, I do, to his promise to love me forever. It was um, an interesting time for me. It was a difficult time. And um, when I was a little kid, my, my, I got myself in trouble because my dad told me not to go into this place. And so I thought, well, I wonder why. So, so I went, and I was in trouble. And, and I was in just a little kid with my, you know, cowboy rubber boots on and probably my holsters and stuff like that. I don't know. But I was stuck. I couldn't, couldn't move. And I just started, I know, I just started crying for my dad. You know? And so anyway, he come and, and rescued me out of the mud. I would say the same thing pretty much happened 38 years ago. I was stuck in the mud. And, uh, and so at that time, I had been wrestling back and forth with the Lord, really. And, um, but the battle was over. And he had brought me to the end of myself. And so I said, Lord, save me. And he came and rescued me from the trouble I was in. And he said, you need to decide. And I said, yeah, I will, from now on, no turning back. Um, and that's, that's repentance, right? You, repentance is, is, is turning away from the stuff you were doing, and you make up your mind, from now on, I'm going to follow what the Lord says to do. It's like a marriage, but it doesn't end with, till death do you part. He promises to never let me go. But I'm getting my, ahead of myself a little bit here. I want to go back to Christmas. Christmas is much more than an event that comes around every year in December. It's a promise that's made by God that was fulfilled in a point of time with ramifications that continue throughout history and into eternity. The promise was first given immediately after Adam and Eve sinned when God said, the seed of the woman would bruise the head of Satan. And then it was said again by the prophets in the Old Testament and revealed by angels in the New Testament. And with every new revelation, more details regarding the promise became clear. May you find hope in these three promises made by God and consider what they mean for you this Christmas. First of all, Christ is the promise of a savior. 
At God's ordained time, an angel appeared to a virgin named Mary, announcing that she would bear the Son of the Most High. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him to take Mary as his wife and name the child Jesus, because he would save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means God is salvation and signifies the purpose for which this child came, to be our Savior. After his birth, an angel announced his arrival to a group of shepherds, saying, Today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The titles of Christ and Lord point to the fact that this was no ordinary baby. He was not only the Savior and Israel's Messiah, but the Lord God. Secondly, Christ was the promise of the Incarnation. Incarnation simply means the embodiment of God in all of his fullness into mankind. Somehow, it's hard for us to get our heads around, but Almighty God, who is infinite, enters into um, the womb and becomes a baby. Without the incarnation, there would be no savior and no salvation for anyone. Oops. This was a unique and miraculous event in history in which the eternal Son of God entered into humanity, being conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin. Isaiah prophesied his birth 700 years earlier, saying the child would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Although the Lord had been with Israel in a cloud and pillar of fire after their exodus from Egypt and had dwelt among them in the tabernacle and later in the temple, the incarnation was a totally new arrangement wherein God took up residence in human flesh and lived and lived with mankind. The incarnation was an amazing display of God's power as the fullness of deity was condensed into human flesh without consuming it. It's a miracle beyond our comprehension that an almighty, infinite, unchanging God could enter into a weak, infinite human body. Although his conception was miraculous, this baby was born and grew up like any other child with one big difference. He was fully human, fully God, and perfectly sinless. What we must understand is that the incarnation was the only way to rescue humanity from the condemnation of sin. The Savior had to be fully human and a descendant of Adam, yet without sin, that entered the human race through Adam. Therefore, the Savior had to be the seed of, a, of the woman, born of a virgin. Furthermore, he had to be God in order to live a, sin, a life of sinless obedience and bear the eternal punishment for mankind's sin on the cross. Jesus Christ is the only one who fulfilled all these requirements to become God with us. Finally, Christ is the promise of God's presence with us forever. Even though Jesus finished his redemptive work of salvation within his death, resurrection and, and ascension, 
he is still with his people today through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. All of us who have believed the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ have been sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise as a guarantee of our future heavenly inheritance and glorification. Christ is always with those who belong to him, and nothing can ever separate us from his love. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Many times I've used this verse uh, when leading someone to the Lord, and, and then reach across the table to where they're sitting, or, and, and uh, ask them to take a hold of my hand. Now, try and pull away from me. And they try to pull away, but I'm hanging on as tight as I can. Hopefully they're not too big for me. And, and all of a sudden, you can just see the, the sense of this verse hits them hard. And so I repeat it again. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. Even as we try to struggle away sometimes, are we... Uh, get ourselves in trouble. We can now never uh, be taken away from his hand. He's holding on to us. And what great comfort that is for each one. What amazing security, confidence, and peace this brings into our lives. Wherever we are, whatever we do, God is with us, giving truth, guidance, correction, forgiveness, and comfort. The more aware we are of his life-giving presence and the fulfillment of his promise, the more our hearts overflow with praise and worship. That's what makes Christmas so special. I don't know about you, but the more that time goes on and we watch what's going on in the world, we're thinking, man, it's got to be close. You know, there's just so many things uh, that line up with Scripture as far as... Uh, Jesus' return, you know. And recently I read this, I was reading this article. Um, I don't know if you remember, there was an expedition down to uh, about 105 years ago, right? Shackleton, does that name ring a bell for anybody? He uh, led an expedition down to the South Pole. And um, it wasn't long into the expedition, their ship got stuck in the ice, and the ice smashed their ship and it sunk. And they were in big trouble. And so um, Shackleton took off. He left his uh, crew with another uh, like leader, Frank Wilde, the guy's name was. And uh, so he went to get help. And, uh, and they knew it was going to take a while. And so this Frank Wilde was kind of like the spark plug of the group. You know, he kind of kept things going. He was the in charge of morale, I guess you could say. And every morning, he would get the boys to roll up their mats and say, you just never know, he might be back today. You just never know, he might be back today. And so four months later, every morning, they were still doing this. They're rolling up their mats. You never know, it might be today. And here comes Shackleton in an icebreaker coming to rescue them, you know. And 
Think about that. You never know what might be today. And so how are we living our lives? What are we doing? Are we living our lives in a way that is going to be pleasing to the Lord when he returns? Um, spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, uh, taking care of people who are around us, who are needy, who, who, uh, who need what the Lord has for them. Um, are we preaching the gospel whenever the opportunity comes up? Are we praying for the ones that are around us? Um, I call it our oikos, you know. We, we, we have this group of people around us who are um, our friends, our workmates, our schoolmates, whatever the case may be. And we know that they need the Lord too. And so are we praying for their salvation? Are we praying for them? And, um, and that's, you know, the Lord tells us this gospel will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And, and then the end will come. So if you want to hurry things up a little bit, I guess, <laughs> this, there's a sense that we have, that we're involved, that we're a participant with him in that as we wait for his return, as we remember what Christmas is all about. So as you celebrate this season, may you be filled with genuine happiness at the Christmas tree that reminds us of the tree Jesus died on to save us from eternal punishment, at the gifts that remind us of the greatest gift of all, the Savior, at the lights that remind us of the true light, that came to give eternal life to everyone who believes. And let's join our brothers and sisters everywhere in adoration and gratitude for his great love in coming into the world for our salvation. I'll ask the worship team to come back up. <laughs>